Hi, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three, lead teacher, blogger, and founder of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. Ask Wardy is the weekly show devoted to answering your niggling questions about traditional cooking. Maybe it's your sourdough starter, your sauerkraut, preserving foods, broth, superfoods, or anything else to do with traditional cooking. You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at askwardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. Coffee, does such a thing exist? I think we all know that we probably shouldn't be drinking coffee if we know we have to we can't function without it, right? But there is a healthiest coffee, and in today's Ask Wardy, I'm gonna help you know what to buy, how to grind it, how to prepare it so it is the healthiest it can be. And I do want to give a caveat that there are some people, like those with um, poor gut health, that really shouldn't be drinking coffee at all. So we're just going to talk about, um, you know, those of us that are healthy enough that we can have a healthy coffee. So that's what's up on today's Ask Wardy. The transcript and the show notes and the links are all ready for you at askwardy.tv. Look for episode one, two, four. All right, let's get into it. So every week on Ask Wardy, I answer a question from one of you um, about traditional cooking. And this week's question came from Amanda R. By the way, Amanda gets a free gift because I'm answering her question in an episode. And that same applies to you if we answer one of your questions. So Amanda said, I was wondering if you have ever done an Ask Wardy episode on coffee. I'm trying to incorporate traditional cooking into my kitchen as much as possible. Yay. Learning and trying new things. We love coffee in our home, and I was wondering about how to brew healthy coffee, if you will. What types to purchase, roasting, grinding your own beans, etc. Do you have any information on this topic? Thanks for all your help and guidance. God bless you. God bless you too, Amanda. So I haven't done an Ask Wardy episode on this topic, so it would be, I thought it would be great to do one. So we are. I'm really glad you asked. I do want to point you to an article that my daughter Hania wrote called Is Coffee Good For You? Plus the Truth About Caffeine. She goes more in depth than I can possibly do on today's Ask Wardy. So there's a link to that um, with the transcript at askwardy.tv. In that article, she covers whether coffee is good for you, how much is okay per day, the best coffee if you choose to drink it, and things like that. And I'm going to summarize some of those things now, but for more in-depth, you want to go to the original article. So and I'm going to have to hold my notes because um, even though I'm summarizing, I want to make sure I give you all the right information here. Before we talk about what's the healthiest coffee, I think we just have to address the big question, is coffee even healthy at all? And again, Hania went in more in-depth into this in her article, um, so I'm going to give you the bullet points. So among like 2,000 compounds, we're going to talk about three main components of coffee. The first one, you all can guess what it is, caffeine, right? Well, caffeine in coffee is absorbed quickly and nearly completely into um, the body, and it goes from the digestive tract to the bloodstream to the brain, and it is the world's most widely consumed psychoactive drug. <laughs> Telling you like it is. That is the truth. It is a psychoactive drug because it has real effects on the brain chemistry. Coffee also contains chlorogenic acids. Now these are powerful antioxidants and while some people say they're great and they rival like vitamin C and E, other people say that when you drink coffee, um, your body basically 
um, destroys those as the body as the coffee is metabolized. So they're no longer powerful antioxidants. But anyway, that's in coffee. The third thing we'll talk about is diterpenes. Now these are fat-soluble compounds and they're linked to higher cholesterol levels. So that's a negative thing, but I'm gonna show you how to brew coffee today to remove those from your coffee. Um, now let's talk about the benefits and the negatives about coffee, because you know this comes up if, when you ask the question, is coffee even healthy? So there is the purported benefit of coffee to stimulate production of hydrochloric acid. Um, that improves digestion. But too much coffee can cause an overproduction of hydrochloric acid, which can be an irritant to your digestive system. So that's a moderation thing. Now on the downside of coffee, coffee can hinder your absorption of some vitamins and minerals like um, calcium, non-heme iron. In the brain, caffeine can prevent sleepiness. That's what gives your body a burst of energy. It actually blocks your body's adenosine re um, receptors, and adenosine is your um, sleepiness hormone, one of them. Um, but another benefit of adenosine is that it helps your body, um, when appropriate, widen blood vessels. And so if adenosine is blocked in your body, that means you may have a narrowing of blood vessels when your body should otherwise be widening. And so that can lead to temporary high blood sugar in people. Hi, sorry, high blood pressure, not blood sugar. So caffeine can also contribute to chronic daily headaches. And Related to this, as we know so well, caffeine is addicting. So when you go off of caffeine, if you're addicted, you can have really strong withdrawal symptoms like those headaches. Um, you can have fatigue. You can have anxiety. It can be very, very difficult to come off of caffeine. So with all this said, it's definitely a catch-22, right? Um, there may be some benefits, but there's also some downsides. And I do want to talk about caffeine in particular because, as we just said, it is a very uh, powerful stimulant and as I used the word earlier, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a drug. So the Mayo Clinic recommends um, no more than 400 milligrams of caffeine a day. And they say if you have over 500 milligrams, that that could be considered heavy usage. What is that, though? Well, I've got an example for you here. This is a 12-ounce cup. 12 ounces, there's eight ounces in a cup if you're talking about volume. So this is about a cup and a half of liquid. In here, there's about 200 milligrams of caffeine. Now, it can vary widely from cup to cup. You can have a very strong brewed coffee or a weak brewed coffee. But in general, you can say that a 12 ounce cup has about 200 milligrams of caffeine. A shot of espresso, one shot of espresso has 62 milligrams of caffeine. And in my opinion, and um, our family's opinion, we even feel that those amounts of caffeine is too much because your body gets used to it. And if you get to the point where you can't function on a daily basis without it, then you have to wonder what's going on behind the scenes that makes that the case. Like, are, are we too busy? Are we not getting enough sleep? Do we have too much stress in our lives? Um, are we not eating well enough that our bodies are starving for nutrition to supply energy? Uh, do you have underlying hormone issues? So the use of caffeine to function can be covering all those things up. And so that's why I believe that, you know, relying on even a coffee cup every day of caffeine is too much caffeine. And you all have seen, just like I have, all those memes out there about, um, you know, don't talk to me till I've had my first cup of coffee and whatnot. Those are really funny, but actually I think they're sad because they're speaking about what I was just talking about. What kind of issues are going on that we need that to function? 
So I do think we had to talk about that. It's important to just address the issue of caffeine because you can't talk about the healthiest coffee if you don't talk about like in what is, in my opinion, one of the most negative aspects of coffee. And I happen to love coffee. I love the taste of coffee. I love the smell of coffee. It's, I just love it. Okay, there are certain people who shouldn't drink coffee at all or shouldn't have caffeine at all. So as I mentioned earlier, um, if you have gut issues, then coffee can irritate and prevent healing. And I'm not just talking about caffeine, I'm talking about coffee. So people who are undergoing gut healing, it's often suggested do without, avoid coffee completely until, you know, until you're healed. And then possibly moderate. If you have HPA axis dysfunction, which is also known as adrenal fatigue, then caffeine should be avoided because it actually increases the levels of stress hormone. And that if you have HPA axis dysfunction, your stress hormone levels are already out of whack. So caffeine makes it worse. Um, if you have a thyroid condition, caffeine can um, blunt your thyroid gland's ability to produce the thyroid hormones. So in that case, caffeine's a no-no. And again, um, just general rule, this is my opinion. <laughs> if we need caffeine to function properly, then that could be a sign that we need to not have it anymore. Now, having said all that, what about decaf? Because people with gut issues should avoid coffee completely. But for many people, it's simply the caffeine, right? So what about decaf? And just earlier on Instagram, I noticed Anna Dixon said um, she doesn't like the taste of decaf. She can tell the difference. Well, I'm going to ch challenge Anna to try the things I'm talking about today, and perhaps you might not be able to notice. So... Is decaf any better? Sort of, it's better. Um, decaf, you have to clarify the definition. Decaf simply means that at least 97% of the caffeine in the coffee has been removed. This is according to USDA standards for what qualifies as being labeled as decaffeinated. So most likely, in most decaf out there, um, there's still 3% of caffeine left. Additionally, decaffeination is quite challenging because you want to remove the caffeine from the coffee without destroying the wonderful aroma and flavor of the beans, right? You still wanna be able to enjoy that great cup of coffee that smells so good and tastes so good. So when you're thinking about decaf, there's really three major processes. One is chemical solvents. That's a no-brainer. We don't wanna use chemical solvents to decaffeinate our beans. Number two is the carbon dioxide method, and this method in my opinion, is out because even though it's better than chemicals, it's a really expensive process, and I would argue that it's not effective enough and that you can tell the difference in the taste. And so that's why we prefer the third method, which is called Swiss water process. It uses activated charcoal to decaffeinate the beans. It's a chemical-free process, and it results actually in 99.9% .9 caffeine reduction, which is super cool. So higher than the USDA standards. And um, it's chemical free, it doesn't affect the flavor and taste of the beans, and you get pretty much full reduction. So that's what we recommend uh, for the only decaf really worth considering. So now I want to end up with giving you, because um, we've talked about all that. So what is the healthiest coffee? Well, I have six tips for you to have the healthiest coffee. Okay, so if you're one of those people who says, okay, well, I think coffee's still an option for me, what's the healthiest? So first is, you want to choose Arabica beans over Robusta, and that's simply because the Arabica beans have less caffeine. 
It's the variety or the type of coffee bean that has less caffeine. Second, you wanna look for fair trade organic coffee beans. This ensures that the coffee beans, the growing methods and everything have produced the best quality coffee bean for you to consume. And on the other flip side, it means that the working conditions for those who produce it were you know, fair and healthy and whatever. So I have an example here and this just came from um, Boise Co-op and there's lots of brands out there, but this is Doma Coffee Roasting Company and these are organic coffee beans. Okay, third, you wanna choose the Swiss water process for decaffeinating your beans. Again, these are Swiss water process and they're really delicious actually. And I've tried different brands, um, but this is a good one. Um, it's really my opinion regarding decaffeinating that most people, unless you have allergies or gut irritation or gut issues, that you can enjoy coffee uh, without the caffeine on a regular basis. Now fourth, you'd want to brew your coffee in a pot like this. This is called a Chemex. And it's really fun to use, but the magic about this is the paper filter. So this is a disposable paper filter. You can get in a box like this. They're really fun to use, but you can also get an organic cotton that's reusable. So you wash and let it dry daily. And the thing about this is, remember the diterpenes I told you about before that um, lead to high cholesterol, which that's a whole other issue. They actually block the diterpenes and other bitter compounds and oils and whatnot that you don't want in your coffee. They block it from getting into the pot. So the Chemex is a really great, great way to brew um, your Arabica, um, fair trade organic, Swiss water process, beans. <laughs> Fifth, you're going to get a better cup of coffee if you grind your coffee beans fresh. Just because um, they're kind of all bound up in there and you want to release the aroma and everything on the spot. So grind fresh for your coffee. What kind of grinder should you use? Um, you know, we all, we all grew up and there's so many of us that have those uh, like steel blade coffee grinders. Well, that's not as good to preserve the aroma and the flavor of the coffee. You actually want to use, um, there's a hand crank that my daughter and her husband use and I've got a link to it at the show notes, askwardy.tv, look for episode 124. Or there's electric stone burr coffee grinders. So use those and on the spot. Um, and the sixth tip for the best co coffee possible, healthiest, and the best flavor is um, your coffee beans should be consumed within a month of roasting. Any longer than that, and the flavor and aroma degrades. And I actually grew up and we had coffee beans in the freezer or the fridge. Well, actually, that dulls the aroma and um, spoils them. So you want to have them, you know, roasted, fresh and store them in a not airtight container and use them within a month. If you can't use them up within a month or within a few weeks of roasting, then you'd store them in the fridge or freezer. And that really all has to do about their aging and them staying nice and aromatic and the oils and whatnot. Now, um, you also asked about roasting and I happen to know about that a little bit. I don't do it myself, but if you look at um, the episode here, you see that picture of a man and a little baby boy? <laughs> well, that's my son-in-law. 
and Nia's husband, and that's their son, and they actually roast their own coffee beans. They have a coffee roaster, and there's a link to it at the transcript, askwardy.tv episode 124, and it's so good. So they basically buy the best beans possible. We've also linked to you to his bean sources. So he's getting Arabica, organic, Swiss water, processed decaf beans, and he's roasting them in his roaster as he needs them. He can do a pound at a time, and that's how I happen to have a supply of the best coffee beans out there. They are so good. I wish you could smell. They are so, so good. And you can do dark roast, you can do medium roast. That's kind of like something you might want to add to your Christmas wish list if you're really into coffee. So those were the six tips um, to summarize. So Arabica beans, fair trade organic, Swiss water processed decaf, um, grind fresh, um, Brew your coffee in the glass Chemex with a paper or cotton filter. Consume your beans within a month of roasting. So if you've got a local coffee shop that roasts their own beans, you can get very fresh beans that way, and that's fabulous. So what about coffee alternatives? Like people who shouldn't be having coffee or don't like the taste or whatever. Well, there's great ones out there. There's Dandy Blend, and we really like that. It just It's a powder that mixes instantly into hot water, and it's made from roasted dandelion root. It is not gluten-free, however, because there's some... Um, grains involved in the production process even though they're very trace amounts it's not gluten-free um, we also have links to a decaf bulletproof coffee a bulletproof coffee inspired tea and 15 natural energy boosting drinks no caffeine allowed those you'll all find with the transcript at askwardy.tv episode 124 and finally you can make your own DIY herbal coffee this is from my friend Jessica Espinoza she has a book and she gives you the ratios of really beneficial herbs. I mean, they're very good for healing and detox and liver support. And you boil them for 30 minutes and then you have this wonderful, very coffee-like tasting um, drink. You can keep it in the fridge and you can pour and reheat um, in, the, in the days after brewing it. It's really a fabulous recipe, so you get a link to that too. We are to the end. Thank you so much for the question. Um, and anybody else like Amanda who submits a question that I answer on the air, I'll give you a free gift. So Amanda will be in touch with your gift and you can find instructions about how to submit your questions at askwardy.tv, any of the episodes. Again, check out the transcript, askwardy.tv. It's episode 124. You'll get the links and everything I talked about. And if you have comments or questions, you can leave them um, wherever you're watching or reading this. And I, I, I would love to hear them. Thanks everyone for joining me and God bless you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask Wardy wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at TradCookSchool with your question and use the hashtag AskWardy. Or send an email to Wardy at AskWardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of Ask Wardy, go to AskWardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at TradCookSchool on the Periscope app or go to periscope.tv slash TradCookSchool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcasts app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to tradcookschool.com slash awitunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely 
that others who are interested in traditional cooking will find Ask Wardy too. Thanks so much. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.